fighting against the woke establishment, rhino Republicans, and anyone else that stands in his way. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio. Hello and welcome. This is the Samuel McGuire Show on the Red Future Radio Network. Thank you so much for listening. We have a very, very special guest on the show today. It's candidate for Governor Neil Peterson, independent candidate, and he's going to be giving us some information on what's going on in his race, and it's very important. So I want to say, Neil, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sure you're a, a, a tough guy to get a hold of right now with everything going on. I'm sure a lot of people are wanting to hear what's going on, and I just want to say thank you for choosing us here on the Red Future Radio Network to explain to the voters what is going on in your race. But Neil Peterson, how are you doing today? Well, I'll tell you, as I often say, Sam, I'm better than I deserve. <laughs> I, I, I am blessed. You know, we, we obviously took a big blow yesterday for those of your informed audience that have been following the elections. You know, we were saddened, but yet not terribly surprised that we were invalidated based on the number of signatures. And some of your audience, I know that uh, were probably even anticipating that, that we wouldn't have enough signatures or and or that we may have been invalidated since I did vote in the May 2nd election, even though that is my constitutional right to do so. Amen. And we are we are fighting a good fight right now, and we've been on the phone. We have been on conference call after conference call, but some of the information that we're finding right now is absolute bombshell. And what I mean by that is there is not a common practice in Ohio to validate uh, signatures as they come in through the petitions. You know, you've got 88 counties with different processes. Now, they share commonality in codes. Uh, so, for example, um, here are some codes right now that would make a signature invalid. It'd be no date, uh, uh, other county. It was illegible. But get this. This is where it goes. This is where your audience is going to be floored. There's something when they are being by the county that it says signature does not match. Now, we just got with, um, let's see here, we just got ports back. I believe it was. Yeah, we lost you there a little bit. Valid. Hey, are you still there, Sam? Yeah, we just lost you a little bit. It was at the val of signature signature verification and uh, them okay. being invalid. That's where you left off. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. So we had. Um, I'm going to pull it up here. We actually had signatures from. This was actually from Stark County. Forty percent of our signatures from Stark County were invalid. Now. Out of this report, what we're finding is that there is no common ground as to how they independently verify signatures. Now, there are legitimate reasons why why individuals should be invalidated from our petition. So, for example, they weren't a registered voter. Perfect. Everybody understands that. Uh, the address was incorrect. Perfect. Everybody understands that. But this is where we have a case there is nothing in Ohio law that 
that allows any individual to forensically look at a signature and say that signature does not match the signature that they have on file. So everybody is signed a digital uh, signature when they got their license at the BMV, right? When they went to vote and they went to their, their, their precinct and they signed the little digital keypad. You mean to tell me that somebody in an office is qualified to invalidate somebody because the keystroke of their digital machine does not match maybe what they did in print. And so what we're finding is there's a staggering percentage. Now, we had to submit 5,000 valid signatures. The They invalidated around 1,500 of our signatures, but we need 555 signatures that were shy to get us on the ballot. So what we're finding just as we're having these numbers pour in this morning is that there is a staggering percentage. I just got done with a county that they had 11% of our signatures that we that were invalidated for this last county I just took took a look at that were because the signature did not match. Can you believe that, Sam? Wow. That's that's kind of gut-wrenching. And for someone like me, it's something that I always thought in the back of my head, like, is this going to be a problem? Is this going to be a problem? Is this going to be a problem? And I just figured, we, I mean, we 5,000 signatures for the people who don't know, that's a lot of signatures to get. My goodness. And we got, you guys got, you guys got more than that. So, well, uh, we didn't, this is what we always say, Sam. We didn't get what we wanted. You know, there's always going to be the naysayers that say, oh, they should have got 10,000. Well, you go get 10,000, yeah, buddy. Yes. <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. you could sit there from the sideline and, oh, they were ill prepared. Well, we collected, more signatures than what we know anyone else collected. Okay. Mm-hmm. We collected roughly 6,000 signatures, Tory Morris, which did get validated. They collected 200 signatures less than we did. Now here's the thing. Um, and that's a mystery in of itself, but yes, I here, would say so. here, here is the thing. Um, most of the candidates that are on a major party. So the Republican Democrat party, they need a thousand signatures. If you're a minor party, green or uh, libertarian or constitutionalist party, they need 500. Okay. So the threshold is already five times as high, uh, which also should be challenged in the Ohio Supreme court. And it may come to that. We may actually challenge that. Our legal team is looking at all options, but This is what we do know, Sam. When it comes to invalidating signatures because signatures do not match, we have most candidates, if they get on the ballot, they they don't challenge this. So, you know, most of, you know, I know you were on the Mark Paquita campaign. Mm -hmm. I know the U.S. candidates, you know, when when there's a thousand, a thousand still not chump change. It still is going to take work. I've talked to most of the Senate candidates. that were running this year and you know they they still weren't overly happy about you know the effort that it takes to get signatures but that's fine but when it comes to 5000 signatures and having the overage that's needed to ensure that the county board does not have common practices so we called one county and I asked them this was um, this was a couple of days ago it was Montgomery County and I said what is the process for oversight when somebody is auditing in your board of elections, when somebody's auditing the signatures. And 
I said, so for example, you know, is there one Democrat? Is there one Republican? Well, in the end, it was basically whoever was available within the office. Wow. And the other thing was, what makes you or me qualified to say that from their perspective, that that signature does not match? So, you know what? We have to now not challenge the county because in the in the state of Ohio, we are not allowed to challenge the county. We have to challenge the state. And so we have to take this to the state and actually challenge the secretary of state uh, for uh, to come against actually these signatures that are being invalidated. But I can tell you this, we're probably very, very short into this. And the, it took the board of elections, or I should say the secretary of state, 77 days to validate our petitions. Sam, that's two and a half months. Mm -hmm. So you tell me, does do they want independence on the ballot? Two and a half months to validate. We turn these in May 2nd. They got back with us yesterday. Yeah. And so, you know, the obvious answer is if it takes 77 days from May 2nd to July 18th, that is an intentional um, effort that actually they're outside of Ohio law that says they have to get back with us in 75 days. So we've got we've got several things here that are working. But I want anybody that is listening to this to know that we are far from giving up, we are going to take this as far and wide as we can to ensure that we are going to do everything we can to make it on the ballot November 8th. Absolutely. And Neil, I just want to say one thing. Uh, that's government work for you, right? <laughs> or, that's government work. You know, 75 days, uh, that's, that's absurd. It should not take that long to know if you are going to be certified or not. It's just absurd. And it seems like, you know, this is intentional because they do not want independence on the ballot. But Neil also too, thank you so much for trying to be a safeguard for us Ohioans uh, against the rhino uh, slime ball deep state governor that we have now, because that was the only safeguard. And I'm, I'm thank I thank you for not giving up too, because it's so important that you don't give up and that us Ohioans rally around Neil Make sure that you go to his website. I believe that there's a verify petition uh, on the website, correct? You can enter your name, email, county. If you signed Mr. P uh, Mr. Peterson's petition, and that's so important too. So get with him on that. We need to make sure that we are rallying together because Mike DeWine cannot be reelected. There's just no way. Well, I, I think you bring up a great point, Sam. Not only can he not be reelected, but the establishment wants him to be reelected. Yes. But there's a majority of Ohioans that don't. And here is the trickery of it, and it's the manipulation of it. Most when you contrast Mike DeWine with Nan Whaley, you have two Democrats that one is a extreme left Democrat and then a moderate Democrat, which is Mike DeWine, of course, wearing the Republican name in only. And so most conservatives, they feel like they can tolerate him because he's not as bad or evil as Whaley. Well, I always say when you pick the lesser of, e of two evils, well, you still have evil. Yes. You know, so are we okay with still just having the lesser of the evil? Well, no, 
but but the the bigger point and the juxtaposition between really contrasting the the two evils here are it is really the whole program is intended to keep true independence and I'm, I'm saying independently affiliated from these major parties to actually run now you and I, I know you, Sam, I've, I've, I've been, you know, uh, seeing you and your character and, you know, your effort and your, you know, love for not just politics, love for country, that you have been pouring your life into the betterment of our country. Well, that's not always RD. And think about it. I want your listeners to think about it. When you love your country, you love your county, you love your state, you love your city, you love wherever you're trying to serve and make it better. Why are we often put into this mold that you must be an R or a D? You know, you could be Republican. You could associate you with that. But what happens when the party leaves you? Right. Like they so are someone now. Said, did, you, you, did, you, did you leave the Republican Party? I said, no, the Republican Party left me. Yes. When, when they decided to, you know, promote their party over true positions when they decided to promote their their rhetoric over, you know, true constitutional conservative values, well, no, the party left those who call themselves God-fearing uh, and freedom-loving patriots. And so that's what we're after. I mean, it, we most closely align with the, the true Republican Party, but right now— most people would say that they 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 don't belong to either of them, and the, what you see is the parties are desperate mm -hmm. to maintain the control and power, and they'll do whatever it takes to hold the keys to power. But there's a movement, there's a revolution that truly is in full swing right now. Amen, brother. I'm glad you're talking about that revolution because us Ohioans, it's going to start here. I always say Ohio leads the nation, and just from what I've seen within the May 3rd primaries till what's going on now, people are fed up. And I like how you talk about the, the red and the blue pill, right? That's basically what it is. Which pill are you going to take? Uh, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, R&D doesn't have to be like that. Obviously, they they're, a lot of them are manipulating you. And I hate to bash, you know, uh, the Senate race right now, but just look at the Senate race. You know, you have Tim Ryan trying to act like a conservative, won't even go to Biden, won't even meet with Biden during the election. But, you know, and J.D. Vance acting the way he's acting. But, you know, once when both of them get elected, they're totally going to change and they're going to work for their self-interest. We need to work for the Constitution, for the people, for our country, for our state, etc. We just need to get real people elected. And I'm glad you hit on that, Neil. It's important. We need to separate and we need to step out of this R&D realm that we're in. Well, and and I know a lot of great people that have been bringing reform, you know, no, no one greater than, you know, your former boss, which was Mark Paquita running for U.S. Senate, you know, with his grassroots, initi grassroots initiative to really bring grassroots candidates into the place of politics that are leading the way that aren't compromised. Yes. You know, anybody has the potential to be compromised, but what, what I see is a grooming. I, I see that the parties, they groom candidates, uh, they court them and they, they along the way in that courting process, they find out 
where that individual can be compromised. And what's great about grassroots candidates, it doesn't mean that they're perfect, right? Because mm-hmm. there is no perfect. But most of the time, the grassroots candidates, they've already they've already done something in their life where some of the testing in their life that's required, they're not interested in bowing to the party. You know, it's like, you know, I've made the expression many times, you know, I bow my knee to no man except for King Jesus. And so, you know, when we fear God, we don't fear man. And really the party wants us much of the party two party system wants wants the people to fear them. So ultimately they bow down to them. And so anyway, but you know, this, this is really what we're up against. And to be honest, it really comes down to integrity and truth, you know? So even in the validation, everybody knows that there is election integrity issues. You know, everybody feels it at their heart. I talk to people, we've been campaigning for a year and one of the prime primary issues that we continue to face in Ohio is people feel like if they go to vote that they don't really even know if it's going to matter. And so we deal with this at every level down to the fact of trying to get qualified candidates to run and get on the ballot. If we can't even start there, you know, we're finding out that the entire process to even get on the ballot if we if we know so you know i'm no stranger to coming out and saying that donald trump is our rightful president Amen. and if we cannot if we see that the highest office in the land is compromised i think it's not too far fetched for most ohioans to know that when i start talking about how valid signatures are invalidated I don't think one of your listeners is going to be surprised that there may be some unscrupulous behavior in that process. And so here's the deal. The only language that these guys know are from a sense of legal lawsuits that have to be filed and have to be fought in the the legal judicial system to come against uh, fraudulent activity that may be present. And that's where we're going to fight. And right now, that's our only option to fight is to come against the state and to do everything we can uh, to prove our case that the that this process for invalidating signatures is not only unconstitutional by the state constitution, uh, but it is invalid in its very nature that these signatures should not be invalidated for any reason, because it is the persons that signed. Amen. Amen. I'm I'm glad you clarified a lot of that on the show, Neil. It's very important. Wow. Um, and I, you know, I hate to you know point fingers and say this, but I I know our you know I know our Secretary of State is corrupt, right? I know he's an establishment swamp monster, and I know he would do anything to make sure that's a grand old party, their system is, you know, keeping their power. And I tell you what, Neil. In my opinion, you're a real threat. Uh, I liked the competition in the primary with Jim Renacci and Joe Blystone, but, you know, it's almost like it was going to happen, right? Everybody was talking about it. Everybody talked about it so much, I didn't think it was going to be true, but uh, it's exactly what happened. Uh, The vote was split, and Mike DeWine won the primary. Well, you had the sense to, hey, I kind of see this. Uh, I'm going to run for governor. So, you know, it's important that you did. 
I'm grateful that you did. I'm grateful that you keep fighting. And I think it's very important that everybody listening uh, grabs on board and, and fights as well. Uh, because this is all about defeating Mike DeWine. How many No More DeWine signs did you see from Jim Renacy and Joe Blystone, Neil? A lot? I mean, how many times oh. did you hear them talk about No More DeWine? Yeah, I mean, you know? this, this is a laughing matter. I just, this was about a week ago, we posted on this. Mike DeWine, he had all of his interns, because it's the only time I see any campaigning is with the controlled establishment internships at some of the universities that, you know, just get shuffled into the fold. That's part of that grooming process. But, you know, I can't find real DeWine supporters that are actual activists of any nature. But he had bought 75,000 signs, and they were all positioned and um, staged in a warehouse well, first off, I said, where are you going to put the signs? Yep. <laughs> you got to find 75,000 homes that actually want them in their yard. And the second thing is, is who's, who's going to even ta- who's going to even distribute them? Because that's the reality. Well, you asked about signs. Well, let's say Joe Blystone. Nobody had more signs than Joe Blystone. So, you know, I'm not saying signs are effective, but obviously they have their threshold, especially when it comes to, you know, whatever type of, um, election integrity issues there may be, you know, and I'm not, I'm not even saying that I can prove or disprove whether our elections were safe this, this during the May 3rd primaries, I should say the first primary now, but at the same token, we know that I truly believe we need closed primaries and I truly believe that we need to have runoffs. And if we would have had that, at the minimum, um, there would have been at least a competition between Jim Renacy and Mike DeWine. I, I, I couldn't. I mean, you're right, because that's how it should have went. And the runoff would have clearly proven uh, a winner. But, you know, this whole split thing and the fighting within between. And now, you know, we're kind of stuck in this gray area because, you know, some of those candidates that we just named really aren't talking about no more DeWine anymore. When you have activists like me, activists like, or just voters all around the state wanting no more DeWine. And, you know, we should really give them what the people want. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to stress this uh, as much as I can, Neil, and I'm sorry for saying it over and over again, but we need to make sure that we are grabbing on board and helping you out with this whole verification process because, uh, you know, it's important. Uh, We need to make sure that we have a choice this November to make sure Mike DeWine is gone and gone for good. Yep. Yes. I, that's why we're fighting. I mean, I just got, we've been so busy today. I've not, I've not been able to really um, post anything on social media and what, what have you, but I received a text message that Wright Patterson Air Force Base, which I live just five minutes up the road right there close to Fairborn and Huber Heights, that Wright Patterson is uh, putting all their their troops back in masks. No. And, oh, yeah. Hundred is the headline. Oh, Wright Pat requires masks for all as COVID cases rise. Well, here's the deal. Um, I have a sister-in-law that lives in California and she's getting ready to spend a few months in Ohio because their whole office is going to start locking down with masks. I should say, because masks are a part of the lockdown. It's always a forerunner. And so then guess what? It is now 
going to be imminent before somebody as spineless as our governor begins to enforce some of the COVID rhetoric that we know is going to come back. Now, I think DeWine will probably do whatever he can to make sure some of these things don't happen until after the election, because what we've been seeing as we've been campaigning, you know what it looked like a year ago, yeah. right? Most of these, most of the, you know, Patriot groups and so forth that had formed during COVID, you know, they were packing out buildings and, you know, it was at an all time, you know, absolute blow, boil because people were outraged. I mean, kids were getting vaxxed. The vaccines were being pushed. People were being fired. Everybody was in mass. The people had enough. Well, you can't blame anybody, but most people needed a reprieve. And they, this is the first summer in three years that they, you know, can actually freely move and travel and have kind of a normal life. Economy hasn't really bounced back in its fullness. I mean, I, I don't know if we'll ever get back to what life was like pre-pandemic. But what's happening is people have forgotten what Mike DeWine has done. And so part of we had a campaign. We even printed a bunch of flyers that it, the campaign's called We Won't Forget. Yes. Because how easy it is to forget. And so it's a whole line of we won't forget when Mike DeWine did this. Well, I believe, right? when, I'm sorry, but I believe that was uh, your lieutenant governor had a very good speech. It was, uh, right. I believe, May 1st. But uh, Mike Stewart, uh, he talked he had, in, in his lines, he talked about we won't forget. And that stuck in my heart for a long time. And I'll never forget that. Uh, well, that never, never forget that speech. Yeah, the speech was amazing. People can find it. And that speech culminated a entire line of we won't forget. Mm. And we're going to make sure as long as we're running that that people will not forget what Mike DeWine did. Absolutely. They should never because what he did was unconstitutional and just barbaric, uh, to say the least, locking their people in homes, uh, not letting the loved ones see uh, their dying loved ones. Um, curfew at 10 o'clock. I mean, come on, people. Remember the curfew? How about all the uh, the people that like the bars? I mean, or do we not have, I mean, not that I say I promote that, but, you know, well, does, does that not true. make you out, outraged? I mean, your freedom is oh. being taken away from you, right? Yeah, I mean, think about this. They have a curfew. They had a curfew for bars. And, you know, it, it came into just ludicrous, mind-numbing um not mind-numbing thought processes of just coming up with ideas about, okay, we're going to, you can't do this, and then you can do this. And, and here's the deal. Mike DeWine became a laughing stock because nobody respected that type of leadership. That's not freedom. You know, I think that people have enough um, intelligence to decide what they think is, is best for them. And when you have that type of leadership, that just shows you how controlled you are. And, you know, from, when it comes to Mike DeWine, I have compassion on him because he's a 75-year-old man, and I think his wife controls him. And I think anybody else that's in his life that he has bowed down to in politics over the last 47 years is – is being they, they are controllers in his life. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a, I don't mean that as a, that Mike DeWine's a punching bag because, you know, I tried as a pastor and as a Christian, I, I respect him as a person. I do not respect him as a governor. 
And I would not be running and I wouldn't have taken a year out of my life to run with all odds against me if I thought he was good for Ohio. And that is the sentiment is when you realize that that drastic times calls for drastic measures, you jump into the fight and you realize the only way to make a change is to get in the belly of the beast. Yes. And so guess what? <laughs> I've been thrusted into the belly of the beast, but it's in that belly that you begin to learn how to use and to wield the sword and to cut and to sever and to really begin to bring uh, true destruction to the lies. And as you know, where light is, darkness must be dispelled. And so darkness cannot remain where you bring and expose light. And so that's what we're trying to do. And and maybe that's why the Lord has us in this next iteration. Absolutely. Is to expose darkness as it relates to how does Ohio even validate candidates getting on the ballot, especially when it's five times more difficult for independents to have a chance at this. So, you know what? We're, we continue on. Man, thank you for that, Neil. Uh, we need some people to shine some light on some of this darkness that's going on in the state, that's for sure. There's a lot of darkness, and the light will be brought to it, in my opinion. Neil, is there anything that we, you'd like to leave the listeners with? Uh, yes. Really, thank you so much for coming on, too. But if, if you'd like to leave uh, listeners with anything also, too, when you're done with that, can you give us uh, social media uh, websites yes. and all of that at the end, too, or maybe places we can donate? We'd love to have that on there as well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Sam, thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. You're doing a great job. Uh, you've got an incredible future ahead of you. I love what you have been standing for, what you have been fighting for. It's noble, true, and uh, I appreciate you. I want your audience to know this, that this is not a usual time. These are unusual times, and politics, as usual, is not going to work anymore, uh, meaning that some of these stale candidates and some of these leaders that we've been seeing for decades uh, try to position themselves to the next iteration of their power grab. It, it's not going to cut it. Um, people have to be liberated from the fear of voting for the lesser of two evils. And so let's pretend right now that we were validated and on the ballot immediately people would be now fearful that what happens if Nan Whaley gets on the ballot? Well, you notice where that comes from. It's a place of fear and it's a place of a continual control by the system to always have another uh, way to have a hook in you to control you even farther up until the point that you vote. And so our message is not a message of fear. It's a message of liberation. It's a message of freedom. It's a message of understanding that the greatest power that you have is the power to live a life of faith and to live a life of victory. And so our message is to vote your conscience. Our message is to vote your what you personally believe unattached uh, from any controlled mechanisms and party affiliation to say, hey, if you best line up with the Democratic Party, then vote that way. If you best line up with a candidate that you think have no chance to win, then you vote that way because that's your God-given right. And when people feel liberated, that say, you know, Neil's a good guy. Maybe they, th- th- who, there's no perfect candidate. 
but maybe they finally say, you know what? If everybody actually voted for the guy that they think can't win, but they think he's good or she's good, then guess what? Then they can win. And so it takes a revolution. And I've said this, the revolution we're in right now is of the words and our wills. So when your will has now been revolutionized, that you're no longer a part of the two-party system control grab, then you finally find true liberty in yourself that you're going to vote what best represents your life, your character, your morals, and your values. And so when we get on the ballot, because we're going to continue to speak the things as they're at those, the things that are not as though they are, we are asking for you to vote independent this November 8th, vote for Neil Peterson, Mike Stewart. Uh, we're God and country candidates, God first. He is our life. He is our way. He's the truth of this nation. We are a Christian nation that's been hijacked by another religion that's a woke ideology of everything that's anti-God, anti-family, anti-truth, and we are waging war. It's a spiritual war, and we're going to keep fighting. The greatest days of America are still yet ahead, and we hold true to that. So lastly, we'd love for you to follow us on social media. Uh, Facebook's probably the platform, if you're still on it, that we probably most active. Uh, just search Neil Peterson for governor. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Neil Peterson, and some of the other platforms you could find us just by typing Neil Peterson for governor. And we we, we sincerely appreciate um, those who can volunteer. We have a very full schedule. We are not uh, throttling back one iota. We're still going to be throttling up. Until the Lord takes us out of this fight, until the last door is closed, we are not stopping one iota. And once again, Sam, I appreciate you and this show. Awesome, Neil. Thank you so much, man. I really needed to hear that message because, um, you know, you are the only one, and I'm not saying you, but we, we as Ohioans that gather around Neil Peterson, we are the only ones standing between Mike DeWine and his reelection. So, Neil Peterson, thank you so much for fighting so hard. Uh, God bless you, man. I love you. And, uh, you know, if you have, if you need anything, you let me know and, uh, I'll get you, uh, or do what I can, you know what I mean? But, uh, I hope to see you soon, man. You're the best and, uh, you know, take care. Thank you, Sam. God bless you, brother. Take care. Neil Peterson. Love that guy. Amazing character. Uh, I just, I don't know what to say. Knowing politics and going through politics and uh, feeling feeling the heat from all of this crap and realizing how deep the swamp is and how corrupt these people actually are, and to hear his voice and to see that he has no, there's no there's no giving up in him at all. There's no quit. He's not even thinking about it. They have a plan. You heard about that a little bit today. And then also, too, how how did these signatures not get validated? It's interesting. It's interesting. Share this episode far and wide. Let people know what's going on in the Neil Peterson campaign. This is breaking news. He's probably We are probably one of the first podcasts to get on. I know he was on Bob Franz the other day. But it's very important that we have information coming from him so thankful that he decided to get on the podcast and spread his message so important he's an awesome guy 
Thank you, Neil Peterson, for the exclusive interview. We're going to be moving on to the verse of the day. This comes out of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is strong is a strong tower. The righteousness runneth into and is safe. That is from Proverbs 18, chapter 18, verse 10. Thank you all for listening to this very special episode interview with Neil Peterson. Uh, be looking forward to more interviews going on uh, this week. We're looking to fill up our whole schedule with great talent and great candidates. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening. Please uh, look forward to bringing you more news, content, interviews, and talk shows. Check out the website, redfutureradio.com. My social media. Uh, we got a new Telegram channel. Please check that out, The Samuel McGuire Show. My social media is Samuel C. McGuire at, or I'm sorry, Samuel C. McGuire. We have Facebook, Twitter, Telegram, Truth, Parlor, TikTok. Email is Samuel C. McGuire at gmail.com. Mike DeWine, no more. Get his cronyism out of politics. Neil Peterson for governor. God bless. Take care. This is The Samuel McGuire Show on Red Future Radio.